0: Welcome to the State of Fem Art Podcast, a space where we drive conversations around what it means to be woman creatively and artistically in today's industry. A place where women from various walks of life share their experiences, triumphs, and obstacles as they navigate the state of the world and their creativity. This is a safe space, one where women are celebrated for being fearlessly and unapologetically them. It is a space of belonging for those who feel their artistic and creative endeavors have gone unseen, unheard, or unsupported. But here you will also get resources and tools to help you reach your next level. We'll laugh together, cry together, but more importantly, we'll grow together. I am Tamia Faulkner, and this is The State of Femme Art. What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the State of Femme Art Podcast. I am so happy you all are tuning in and really excited to speak with today's guest. We have been trying to sync for quite some time and I'm excited to speak with her for several reasons which we'll get into a bit later. Lucy Crivelli, welcome to the
1: podcast. How are you? Thank you so much, Tamia. I appreciate you waiting on me and just making this happen. I'm so thankful and grateful that you reached out and that we get to do this together. I think it's bigger than both of us.
0: Absolutely. No, we had to get you on the podcast. I mean, what you're doing, I feel just being a woman in the tech space and the creative space, but also in the sneaker space with the Aglet app and and what you're doing to really advise and work with that team. I, I want to start there because, number one, you don't see that many women <laughs> at the forefront, not only just in tech, but also in the sneaker world. So how did that um, opportunity come about? And can you talk a little bit about your role there, and just your love for for sneaker culture and um, breaking into that Particular um, position.
1: Yeah. So I'm not a sneakerhead, clearly. I mean, clearly. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of where it all started for me. It's just like, you know, it's a part of who you are. You don't ever really choose what you love to collect, it just kind of happens. And um, I've been a collector of many things, and it wasn't until I really started making real money and was able to buy my own personal sneakers that my collection started to grow um, along what came, you know, different brands that gifted me sneakers, needed me pairs. And I feel so fortunate to be in a position where now like I'm crossing over or crossed over into a whole nother industry um, and figuring out my own way to kind of merge those two worlds. Right. So um, Aglet is a sneaker gaming app. It is a uh, gaming app that is geolocation based. So you can go out into the real world, explore your world. You can collect sneakers as you're doing it. Um, we reward you for your steps with our in-game currency called regular Aglet. And we also have our gold Aglet that players can purchase to buy higher tier sneakers and NFTs. So um, that Web3 layer was finally introduced uh, early this year, and we've kind of been, you know, reaching uh, over the past two years, just using every opportunity as a stepping stone to build where we're at now and showcase the opportunities within Web3 as well. So how I even got introduced to them um, was actually through a tweet on Twitter. My husband happened to see that uh, Aglet was looking for a PR intern. um, And I knew nothing about PR. I say this all the time, because this is so crucial. You have to realize when there are opportunities for you, you have to do your research and you have to just fit yourself in if you want it that bad. And so for me, I had just lost my job. It was at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was like, "What's what's next for me?" You know, I've been in sneakers, um, started to dabble into cannabis, and then I found myself really interested in Web three, in the metaverse, crypto, and um, have always had a passion for uh, technology and crypto world. So. It was a no brainer for me to apply to this position that was nothing uh, of what I even had experience in. I've done, you know, PR here and there um, on like press releases, and I've been a part of things, but I had never actually had a position in PR. So um, I did my research, I realized that they didn't have a social media manager, and I worked in my magic to kind of just fit my resume and show them how much value I could add to their team. Um, and two months later, I was the um, the social media manager and community manager and eventually um, worked my way up to leading and uh, heading socials and content. So I am a part of the publishing team. Aglet brought me on officially about a year ago. Before that, I was just consulting for them, freelancing for them. And our team has grown so much. I now have uh, two amazing people um, who work on my team, Niall and Dre, and they have honestly just helped the Um, improvement of how we communicate on socials, how we put out our content, the type of content that we make. Our mission is to play life. Um, That is something that our CEO is very passionate about, both of our co-founders, playing life and learning how to play in the world, um, you know, with this digital layer over top of it, but it has become a digital playground. And so Um, Yeah, that's that's really kind of the overall uh, basis of what I do at Aglet, along with leading and uh, producing some of their original content like Metacurious creator series and highlighting people in our community that are leaders um, in the community within sneakers, within fashion, within art. Um, And really, I think this is an opportunity for me to merge all the things that are interesting to me. And bring them forth to highlight that you can be across multiple industries and you can be multidimensional. So I love to highlight that. And um, yeah, I just could hope and continue to uh, pray and, and work um, through um, the plans to build what we are building next. Well, you've been playing life well
0: because some of the things that you mentioned that I definitely want to um, bring to the forefront of this conversation is. I think being multi-dimensional, right? Because at your core there's so many different things that you love and that you can do. I mean, you're a photographer, you have a creative agency, you're you know working in in, in the tech space, but also the confidence that it took to be able to secure and land you in a position where you have leverage to Be authentically who you desire to be and work on projects that you love as a creative. What advice would you give to people who may see those opportunities come across, whether it's on social media or whether it's something that they come across, you know, in real life to be able to have that confidence to know, like, maybe this isn't something I'm too familiar with or... I don't have too much experience in this particular discipline, but I love the industry or, you know, I'm very skilled at um, something that they may need as a part of their, their capabilities or their team, or I have a different approach. Can you speak to that? What was it like just getting to that place where you were, and maybe you always had this level of confidence where you had the confidence enough to say, Hey, like, okay, my husband saw this tweet. I'm that person. I love sneakers. But, you know, creatively, when it comes to knowing how things um, should look, developing a community around something that you love, I'm that girl. Like, I can do this. What was your thinking in the moment where you decided to go for the opportunity? <sighs>
1: I think you have said so many amazing things. Thank you, <laughs> to Mia. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people really know me or see me as a photographer, but that's really where it it kind of all started for me. And um, you know, taking a camera into hand and shooting for the first time when I was in college, um, because I was kind of just approached with the opportunity, I felt that. I've always had that, um, that jump of like, I may not be, you know, exactly where I want to be, but I will at least try it. Um, You know, and I think that that um, eventually turned into like, okay, every single time that I tried an opportunity and maybe failed, or maybe, you know, it didn't go the way that I expected it to go, or it took me a little bit longer to learn the skill. Um, It was always about the do it, the try it, the, um, you know, it's okay if it doesn't work out. I've always just been a go-getter. Um, it's probably that immigrant daughter of immigrants mentality of just like, try something because we have to survive and we have to grow. Um, but eventually I started to, you know, work my skills into what I was able to do. I've always been very organized. I've always um, known, you know, how to organize my my life, my schedule, my, you know, tasks um, with work, with, you know, my personal life. And so it's a culmination of all of that, you know, it's the confidence part. Um, I guess I would say a, a while back, I had this conversation with, uh, with someone that asked me, for you, is it, confidence first and then skill or what comes first? Is it confidence or skill? Um, that was the question. And I honestly said confidence. I said um, you can you can be so talented and not have the confidence to take a risk for yourself. and there are people that I know that are some of the most talented people, but that confidence isn't there and so they get stuck in the same position for forever you know, so for me, confidence is one of those things that you kind of just have to build. Um, You have to know that you, uh, you risk failure, and you risk not doing uh, your 100% best, because there's going to be, you know, circumstances that will keep you from that. But as long as you tried, I think that's all that matters. And I've tried other things, you know, people that don't really know me that well, don't know that I used to try lashes, I tried doing lashes at one point, I did. Um, I also did makeup for a little while. And it was just these interests that I had. And if I wouldn't have done it, then I wouldn't have realized like, one, how good I was at it. Pretty good. And two, that I had that in me. And um, I was able to express myself in a different creative way. So really, I think, I think that it just all stems from that. It's just internal and I don't seek validation from anything other than in what's inside me, you know, like, what am I here to do? Um, who am I doing this for? And why am I doing this? There's always those questions that I ask myself. And that's where I kind of gain my confidence, you know, um, and back to the, the the whole confidence and where it really stems from. I think For me, I have a really personal uh, relationship with God. And I know that he has given me my vision for me and the things that I do with my life. And he's given that purpose to everyone. Sometimes it looks a little similar, but we're all given a God-given purpose. And it's for us. You know, no one else has to see it. No one else has to believe it. As long as you believe it and you know it, it's for you and chase that. And so that's how I feel. Like, I, I just feel like I, I, I have to stay true to that and stay true to who I am and stay true to myself. And that's how you're able to navigate through life and through corporate agendas, um, you know, when it comes to business and you stay authentic to who you are, you stay authentic to what you believe in your values, you stick to that. Like, don't let anyone change that for you.
0: Yeah, that confidence piece is vital. And I'm sure even being, like I mentioned before, a woman in the space having to navigate, number one, you know, being in in a, a corporate space, even though you have a, a creative agency, but also moving within the tech world and the sneaker world, which is, Heavily male dominated. What has that um, been like for you? And do you feel like, of course, you've you've already you know exerted and and shown the the level of confidence that it takes to secure the position. You got that in the bag. Um, but once you got there, was there ever a time that you felt required, not because you necessarily lacked conf confidence, but because of what the space, um, demanded that you had to prove yourself even more or that you were underestimated just because you were a woman.
1: Absolutely. I think we, as women are always underestimated. They never, you know, they, but I mean, I kind of think it's a good thing. You know, I'd rather be underestimated than expected. Um, so they don't see me coming. Um, but I, I, definitely feel like it's been a struggle to, uh, to stay there, if that makes sense. So, you know, you, you go through and you navigate how to get there and you build yourself up, you do all of these things to prepare yourself for that opportunity. And you finally have that opportunity and you will still have blockers. Um, they will constantly come in the form of men, unfortunately, um, in the form of, you know, uh, circumstances, situations, whatever it may be. But, um, for some reason, we all know this, um, as black and and brown women, we are always expected to do more and because we do so much and we can handle so much so well, that expectation is always there. And it's not the same for other male counterparts, uh, especially white male counterparts. So, um, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a thing that you kind of can't, like what, what else can I do other than complain and sit and mope and be tired of being treated this way? I'm just going to keep excelling. I will continue to rise. And regardless of the put downs, regardless of the nose, regardless of the, um, you know, rolling eyes, I will continue to rise. And it's, it's frustrating. I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. Um, there's moments where I feel like, you know, uh, imposter syndrome kind of takes over and you're kind of like, why am I working this hard? Like, is it all worth it? Is what I'm doing really like changing anything? But it is, um, it is, I I'm able to be in this position now and create more room for women who look like me to be a part of these industries, not just across tech, but across sneakers, across cannabis. And I think that that's the key there. Like, uh, you have to blur the noise and you have to ignore it sometimes, even when it's right there in your face, even when you're getting paid less than everyone else at your job, even when you will know that you're working twice as hard, you know, 24 seven, not just on, you know, what you're doing, but in your personal life. Um, no one cares. No one cares what you have going on because you put it on so well. And, um, I think, uh, transparency is key for me. I just kind of say things how they are. Um, I like to be very, you know, upfront and forward about how I'm feeling about how people are making me feel Um, with respect, of course. But I think if you're in a position where you feel like you are being put down, you're drained by the environment that you're in, um, either find a new environment or continue to speak up for yourself and don't allow, the circumstances that you're in make you or define you as something less. You've worked this hard to get to this point. I think it's worth continuing to go. The journey is never easy. And if it was easy, everyone would do it. But as long as God is continuing to open those doors for you, that's your sign. Keep going.
0: Yeah, no, that's so dope. And in the age of of social media, it's so common for us to feel the pressure to put on um, facades or to massage the story <laughs> a bit because everyone talks about, you know, what is put out there on social media as being the highlight reel, but we all know everyone deals with life. There are things that happen. Um, there are things that evolve us as as people. With that being said, what do you think the importance is? And I've heard you advocate for this and talk about this a lot um, of just owning your story and telling your own story, because I think there are so many um, people and it's so funny because I was talking to a friend in the industry and um, she's a part of just the Native and Indigenous community community and you don't see many filmmakers, um, but also representation of stories um, from people who look like her. And I'm just like, well, what, you know, what is it? And I um, can't wait to have the conversation with her. And a lot of the things that I feel uh, is important is that there is a clear and diverse representation, yes, but also that people of color and people who are underrepresented are having the opportunity to tell their own stories because no one else can tell it for them. Um, what do you feel the importance of, of owning and telling your own stories um, is and what has that been like within your own experience?
1: Yeah, um, I'm so glad that you asked this question because this is where the Um, idea of tip of tomorrow isn't promise um, kind of just all stemmed from, from being in these spaces where there was lack of diversity from seeing, you know, the content that was being made that I was a part of Um, telling other people's stories, but behind the scenes, the entire crew is not the same, you know, culture doesn't understand the culture, doesn't understand the values. They're not a person of color and it's very hard to sit there and watch that happen. And so for me, it was creating a safe space where people can feel like they can grow um, and find career development um, and also be able to have that confidence, back to the confidence, um, to tell their own story in their own way through a different lens that honors their story, that honors their culture, their family, where they come from, uh, what they've been through. And you can't understand it if you're not in it. And so. That's a bar. <laughs> That's a bar. I need
0: you to run that back one more time for the people who are listening. You can't
1: what? You can't be, you can't be. A, what did I say? You can't be a part you can of it. Understand either. it if you are not in it. Yes. That part. <laughs> Thanks to Mia. <laughs> so sweet. I, I, I just be saying things, <laughs> and then people are like, yeah. I Me mean, quote you. I'm like, I'm gonna write my book. Don't worry, it's coming.
0: It was so um,
1: good. <laughs> but it's true though. You know, like how. How can we expect someone who hasn't lived um, or experienced the things that we've gone through that are like engraved into our culture, into who we are as people uh, to tell that story, to tell that narrative? And um, it's washed. It's not authentic. It's not, um, you know, uh, spiritually led. It's not like it doesn't fit. And so... Again, like if that was the the push that I felt and and my husband and I felt together, that we were like, this needs to change. And how can we change that? How can we make this better? Um, And through that, through those little seeds that we were planting, you know, growing, continuing to be freelancers, working across, you know, content, marketing strategy, we were building these skills that we didn't even realize would one day become a business. And so with Tomorrow Isn't Promised, the message is in itself, it's in the name. Tomorrow isn't promised. You have to do it today. Believe in yourself today. No one is gonna come here and offer you an opportunity. You have to chase that. Um, And also, if you are waiting on others to tell your story, you're gonna be waiting for a very long time. Take matters into your own hands build what you want to see, build the brands of tomorrow. And that's how we change the world. I think we struggle with the thought of fitting in the thought of being a part of something and want and and being so afraid to lose it, being so afraid that we're not going to be liked, that we're not going to be accepted. You are not here to fit in. You are here to create a new world. You are here to create new things We are tired of the same things. That is why Gen Z is so adamant about creating their own brands, creating their own sneakers, creating their own, you know, apparel lines. And it's so motivational for me. I'm like, these kids are, they know what's up. They know that what's been set out for us right now, what is the structure, government, politics, they don't care about us. Who cares about us? We do. We have to, as a community, we have to come together, build each other up, build the things that we want to see really change the world tomorrow not just for ourselves right now but for the people that come after us. And so yeah, I feel like I said so much but that's really the the core there of, you know, owning who you are as a person and owning your story and not allowing anyone else to come and wash it for you.
0: What have you learned about building and those types of authentic communities and you know also, building the age, uh, agency that you can believe in, because I heard you speak about, of course, these corporate and political structures, and just the way that this, what the way that society operates in general. And you know, you do see more people, millennials, building what we do believe in. Um, and you've been able to do that. And so, what has that journey been like for you? And what have you learned about? building a community and building a brand that you believe in?
1: Yeah. Um, Community, it it takes a village. Um, It takes more than one person, but it starts with one person. So um, for me, it's been about connecting with the right people. If If I can't have more than a surface level conversation with you, it's not that, you know, we're not meant to be friends, or we're not meant to be, you know, business partners, it just doesn't align. And it's, you have to be okay with that. You have to also be okay with disappointment, you have to be okay with hurt. But you can't allow any of those negative uh, situations to affect how you react and how much love you put out into the world. And I'm a firm believer of love attracts love. And if I'm doing it out of Um, the correct and the right intentions, I think that there will be a way, you know, that that God will bring the right people into my life that aren't just there to take, but genuinely there to build, um, not just with me, but with others, you know, it's, um, it becomes, it's hard to navigate that too, though, you can't bring everyone with you. Um, There's a lot of expectations that lead to a lot of disappointment. And there are going to be people that are very like I type of people, very I, I, me, and it takes it takes real um, community and dedication to your community to find those us people and those we people um, that just want to see you succeed and also want to succeed with you. They are willing to invest their time into whatever business you're working on, whatever product you're putting out and... Fortunately, I've, I've been able to align with people who are not always in the same positions as me, sometimes even at, you know, higher level positions, people who are just starting out, where we all find a way to coexist, we all find a way to help each other, you know, you give your friend the ollie open, you hope that he shoots and scores, you know, so I think that that's what it's about. It's just um, really what community is defined as, you know, is it's a multiple people coming together with the same values, with the same focus, maybe different ideas and different goals, but you're all building for a better future. And that's, that's at the core, what I think is the most important and how I like to navigate and how I like to um, be in my walk in my life and, and hope That the energy that you're putting out, the love that you're putting out, the work, the way that people see you work motivates them to do good, just as good or even better. You know, so that's that's what I hope to bring. That's what I hope tip brings. Um, I I try to do that with Aglet too. And um, with really anything that I'm involved in, I try to align with the things and the values that I have at my center and and that are very, you know, pivotal and priorities to me so that I can make sure that what I'm building is safe and what I'm building is um, fruitful for the future. And it's not just a now thing. So Really, it's 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 a learning uh, experience and I don't think it's over for me yet. You know, I'm still continuing to build community. Um, thankfully, I, I feel like I have a very strong sense of, um, you know, the right support system around me. And I'm very thankful and grateful for the opportunities that friends have offered, that colleagues have offered, Aglet has offered, you know, and um, I just hope to continue to put that out there and and do the same for others.
0: I love that mantra, love attracts love. I, I truly believe that when you lead in love, you will live in love, like you will, it will be around you, it will be a part of everything that you do, and it's evident in what you do. Um, are there any tips and resources that you would offer to women who want may want to break into like tech or other male dominated industries or industries that may be less inclusive, where they don't necessarily see their, themselves represented, but they do want to um, go in full
1: force and say, hey, I'm here. What's up? Right. Um, yes. I think the first thing is like, um we have to stem away from seeing that you know looking at it at, at, in a in a negative perspective of like oh there's not that many women in this space like damn that really sucks like is it going to be you that's the question who is it going to be like if it's not me then who is it and so that's what i asked myself in uh, you know going into sneakers i was never like oh i i want to you know um um just be that girl that's like into sneakers. Like I wanted it to be a space for women. So the more that you look at it as like, this is us creating space. That's, that's the key there. Um, So find the things that you're interested in, prepare for those things, constantly prepare, constantly read, doing your research um, and if you're not preparing, then you won't be ready for when that opportunity presents itself. So if you are interested in the tech space, um, LinkedIn is the best resource. Google is literally your best resource for anything, but look up those careers, look up how you know people build up to those careers. What does it take to get there and go from there? I think it's all about preparation it's all about organization. And if you want to do things right, write them down, make goals for yourself, keep yourself accountable. It's okay to have like lifelong goals. It's okay to have monthly goals, weekly goals, year long goals. It's okay. Like, don't feel like because you're writing them down. Now you have to absolutely make them happen, have them in front of you. Make sure you're working on them every day and eventually you will get there. There are things that I wrote down for myself five years ago that I'm now just accomplishing, but it's great. It's, it's a, it's a promise that I made to myself that I would get there and it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how many no's, continue to fight for the things that you know are for you. Um, Find the value in, uh, you know, connecting with others and networking and networking with the people that you feel genuinely align with the things that you believe in and um, honestly my biggest resource is it has to be my planner so i literally plan and write everything i probably have a ton of these they're just notebooks i have like a planner for the month Um, my favorite type of planners are undated planners so planners that you don't have to fill out for the year. Um, Say you take an entire month off and you don't want to do anything. You can start on the next page the following month, you know? So um, for me, that's really helpful. Having calendars and visuals around my house is also very helpful. Um, And kind of just because I work from home and a lot of the things that I do um, require me to be home unless I'm out on studio sets or working with clients, I have to have my space represent the creativity that I want to put out. So um, I have my sneaker wall back here, but on this side of the room, I have my studio set up. I have my uh, cameras laid out um, in my living room. I have calendars all over the walls and uh, blackboards so that I can write down my thoughts. If you have an idea, no matter if it is right now that you feel like, oh, I have to get started on this, it's okay. Write your idea down, then figure out how to get there. It's always the process um, that I appreciate um, more than the actually getting there. It's like, okay, I accomplished this. Okay, what's next? You know, that's, that's always the feeling that I get. I'm always like ready for the next thing. But it's the process of it, the learning, um, the reaching, and the growing that is the most valuable to me and if there is anyone that's listening and wants to get um into sneakers into content um for me it all started there it all started with content i just started posting about the things that i liked Um, i started uh you know um trying new things i started with stills and only camera photos and then i started moving into video and i self-taught myself how to edit videos so it's possible. It's all there for you. It's all on the, you know, at the reach of your fingertips. It's all on your phone. So, um, I say that if you're not trying, you're not working. Um, and really that's it. Like just read, read up on the things that you love, um, research, you know, and continue preparing for those right opportunities.
0: We love it. Before we let you go, we have to know a few things. Number one, what is the sneaker that you could not live without? Like if you had to wear this sneaker every single day, you only could choose one pair to wear for the rest of your life. What would it be?
1: Mm, That's a really good question. I feel like I have two in my mind right now. Um, the first one is the Puma Slipstream. It's a new sneaker that just recently released by Puma. And it's a very classic shoe. It's like a low top. It's very, you know, um, old school. It's a slip on and it's one of my favorites. It's like just an everyday shoe that you can wear. I like it in all white. Um, and then my second uh, favorite sneaker that's very near and dear to my heart is the Mambasitas, the Kobe's that just released this past year. I was fortunate enough to have my husband gift me a pair. And so not only is it special because of, um you know, my husband gifting it to me for our three year anniversary, but also because of what it represents, the culture, the impact that Kobe had, his legacy, Gianna's legacy. And so it's, one of those sneakers that I will never get rid of and I've worn it twice and try to clean it every time I come back and put it nicely (laughs) on the wall again but it's definitely those two for me and um, yeah I want to throw in like a last one in there only because it's my first ever sneaker that I actually got to purchase myself but it's a K-Swiss classic it's a club Um, and it's K-Swiss is very you know we haven't heard of K-Swiss recently and lately he they did a a collaboration with gary Vee, and i think serena williams um, might have done a collaboration with them um maybe serena williams sister but you can count don't quote me on that um but it is the first sneaker that i was able to purchase on my own with my own money and it always takes me back and i'm like you know i i got it the the two for one deal was like the black one and then the white one and i knew that i was going to wear it to school and so I love that sneaker and that silhouette because it reminds me of where I come from and what I, what I came from really, you know, like nothing to where I am now. So, um, one sneaker led to uh, all of this.
0: Yeah. But that's such a, a beautiful thing that, that reminder of where it all started. And I mean, caseless, that is a throwback. A throwback <laughs> that's a throwback for sure. sure. Okay. Last. Um, If if you could finish this statement, how would you finish it? The thing I love most about myself is
1: my spirit. I think I encapsulate my ancestors, my grandmother, Mm -hmm. my mom, um, the people that came before me. And I think that it's up to me to continue their legacy. And it's the my favorite thing about myself that I can fully represent that in everything that I do. I love that so much.
0: Put on, Lucy is putting on for the city. She's putting on for her family, for her culture. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us. Where can our listeners learn more about you follow you and connect with you?
1: Yes, thank you so much to for this time. Um, I just got super emotional out of nowhere. It, it, this always happens to me. I'm an emotional person. Um, <laughs> but um, you can follow me on Instagram and all on all other social media platforms at Lucy Crivelli. And you can support my agency at tip.supply. We have our special launch in August. We are um, working on the apparel side of our business launching. So we've been working for the past two years. We never really had a celebration. And this is kind of the culmination of our work. Um, You can join us on August 20th and um, continue supporting us on tomorrowisandpromise.us where you can support us by um, purchasing our garments, our art, Um, our streetwear. And so, yeah, that's, that's really everywhere. And and if you want to support Aglet, you can follow at Aglet app um, on all social media platforms. We have so many great things in store for everyone and our players, and I'm just excited to keep building. So thank you again for having me and thank you to everyone that's listening, that's watching. I hope that this just gives you a little bit of peace of mind that you're on the right track and you just have to continue believing in yourself because no one else will.
0: Absolutely. And just for our listeners, uh, for that release, is that going to be an in-person release? Are you going to do it in-person and online Um, how can they support that release?
1: Yes, thank you so much. Um, So it will be available for the first time. The apparel will be available for the first time at our August 20th event. Uh, We're calling this the Genesis Collection because it's kind of the beginning of everything. Um, It will be available in person for purchase at our tip, pop up at gallery 90220 and then it'll also go online for sale, um, maybe some pre orders of some special items, so we will have a couple of different items online. Um, that you can expect, but there will be both so in person and online and again that's tomorrow isn't us. Just go to the website, sign up for updates, and you'll be alerted. So if you're in LA, pull up. If you're across on the other coast,
0: pull up online. Thank you so much again, Lucy. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the State of Film Art podcast. You can catch new episodes biweekly on Thursdays. And make sure that you connect with us by following us on Instagram at SoFilmArt. And you can also visit our website and listen to past episodes at sofimart.com.